This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. G'day, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. This is an episode that features a conversation with the venerable David Ellison, formerly of Megadeth. Now, the catalyst for the conversation is due to the Kings of Thrash Australian Tour. There are four dates, July 12th in Canberra, the 13th in Brisbane, the 14th in Melbourne and the 15th in Sydney, I will certainly be at the Brisbane show. The premise of Kings of Thrash is to perform early Megadeth albums. I believe it's in full, so Killing is My Business and Business is Good and one of my favourite albums ever. So far, so good, so what? Mm-hmm. So, in this chat here, we certainly go there. And I want to make a couple of points before we dive in. David can only answer the questions that people put to him. Okay, he's one of those guys in that he's very polite, so he will answer the question. But I feel like this is David unvarnished, David uncut. I've had a couple of interactions with him over the years, and he's, we talk about it, he's very much been the company man, a representative of Megadeth. No longer, though, is he representing, him, representing himself. And I love the fact that he's owning his legacy and the the brand and band IP associated with Megadeth too, which is my final point. I noticed that there's this trend of people to go online and say to people like, David, hey, forget about the past, focus on the future, fuck off. David is one of those guys that has been around since the very beginning of the thrash metal genre, a bit like Gary Holt, he knows where all the bodies are buried. He has every reason and he almost has a responsibility to own his legacy in Megadeth because He's as much a part of it as what the other Dave is, let's face it. So in this conversation here, yes, we cover it all. Here he is, David Ellison. Hey there. What's going on, man? Dave, I'm really sorry about that. I'm, I'm, uh, when I say I'm on the road, I'm at my mother-in-law's place at the moment, so please forgive me for the unconventional environment. No oh, all good, man. Connecting. Dude, it's rock yeah. and roll. If it doesn't run a couple minutes late, something's wrong. <laughs> Spoken like the true pro that you are, brother. How, how are you anyway? How have the conversations been going for this tour, man? Because you must know, man, we're Great. really looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, I've done a couple rounds. You know, I did some interviews for Dia probably six weeks ago, um, and that was great. And then, now, of course, John has picked up uh, doing another round i'm gonna to do today i just talked to you my fourth one today and then on thursday i'm gonna do another round of stuff so yeah it's fantastic and just like you said everybody's everybody's super excited about uh coming down there yeah we uh look i'm i'm an old fan i'm certainly not from the 80s given i'm 45 but i'm in the 90s so count down to extinction yeah. era right the way through you and asia you know that stuff there and i'm a bassist and We've actually we've spoken on a couple of occasions before. Would never expect you to remember these things, but I remember, and I tell this story quite a bit on the podcast. One of the first interactions I had with a rock star, so work with me here, was with you, and it was uh, emailing you over a base question when you're an F five. Sure, we were talking yeah. about PV amplification. I remember we were talking about, and uh, you were very civil, and I was just shocked to hear back from you, to be honest with you, mate. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you've always been a man of the people as well as a rock star. So there you go. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, and thank you for you know in those days because obviously everyone loves you when you're at the top and doing the big gig. But you know, I've done you know I've done equally as many records. Uh, actually, probably far more records, not in Megadeth. Um, you know, and again, at, at one point, Megadeth was just a small little startup project, too. You know, people kind of, oh, this project, this project. It's like, well, they're all projects until they 
Mm. you know, get traction and become something more than that, you know? And in fact, I was talking to Mike Portnoy one day, Mm. we were doing uh, our second metal allegiance record together um, for nuclear blast. And we were in LA doing promo. And he said, he goes, I said, yeah, it's, you know, you do the second record. it, It feels like it's becoming real. And he said, he goes, actually, I find it's the third record. If you can get to a third record, you know, then you finally turn the corner and you're probably going to become a, a band that has some, some, you know, some staying power. Um, and I was like, so I, I always took that, you know, as, as something that, um, and he's right, not many make it to album three, you know, and I think what, you know, what we're doing with Kings of Thrash, um, <clears throat> celebrating album one and album three, right. Of the mega, of the catalog. Of and course. Yeah, you are too. Yeah. He, you know, and it's interesting that Jeff was part of album three and, you know, album three so far is good. So what was an interesting time for the band? Because, you know, we'd, we'd moved on from Chris and Gar who were, you know, the first two recording, uh, the first lineup of recording for those, mm. those first two records. But then so far so good. So what was sort of pieced together a bit as we, you know, we had to get in the studio. We had tour dates coming up in 88. So we kept the train moving. And then in 1990, obviously, we really kind of reformed and retooled the band, everything, the business, the lineup, everything. And of course, that lineup, you know, you know, through the 90s, you know, probably your Megadeth, if you will. Um, Absolutely. Very prolific, yeah. very, uh, very, you know, united. Um, and, you know, we, we had a good decade together. But, um, you know, the, the 80s is a special time. Um mm just because of what music was at that time, what this genre was doing and and finding its own footing, if you will. Um, And of course, Metallica, you know, ahead of all of us, breaking down all the big doors, doing, making all the big plays that allowed most of this to even happen for the rest of us. I mean, let's just call it what it is, right? Um, (laughs) That, you know, the 80s, and that's what I think Kings of Thrash is, you know, these records have never been played in Australia before. You know, band never toured this stuff. Um, we were supposed to go there and so and so far so good so what, but we ended up canceling, you know, we had internal issues and so we didn't get back there again until uh until Rust in Peace. In fact, we were supposed to go back on countdown and we ended up canceling because of I remember. stuff. I, so, I, I think I had know, tickets for that no cancelled. Yeah. 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 I remember when we canceled it was really we had to, you know, for health reasons inside the band, but, um, yeah, so there's, you know, there's been a, this kind of on again, off again history, um, with Megadeth through Australia. And, you know, look, I've been there on my own too. I was there back in 2015 for that, uh, spoken word tour that I did. And, mm-hmm. so, you know, I like, I like when I'm able to go on my own, you know, honestly, I, I like it. I, I, I know who my boss is. I know who I'm working for, you know, and I can, I can trust that that the job will get done, you know. You bring up something really interesting, which is that uh, you've had to be patient with a certain other Dave for decades, and there's been times where it would have been within his interests as far as us fans are concerned, where that patience may have been returned, and of course it wasn't. But in light of that, just to your point then, I've always felt you've you, you're a bit of a general character, okay? You're somebody who makes decisions standing on your own two feet. You pioneered a style of bass playing. You're probably the first and maybe only pick bass player in metal who stands on their own two feet. And I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a 
fingerstyle bass player, so I love Steve DiGiorgio, guys like that, and uh, Roger Patterson right. as well, these guys here. But isn't it interesting that it, it took the event that you had to endure in 2021 to arrive at this point where you stand in your own two feet? And I feel like as though right now we're getting the real David Ellison. Does that resonate? You know, you're not the first guy that has said that, and so thank you for saying that because it's it's obviously being that wave and that ripple effect is being felt around the world. So thank you for saying that and thank you for acknowledging it and, and for being aware of it. Um, that, um, yeah, I put, I gave a lot of years to an organization that, that was not very gracious back to me <laughs> on many occasions, 2024 and 25 was the first time. Um, you know, I was being squeezed out and, you know, all it took was just the right opportunity and set of circumstances to flick me back to the winds a second time, you know, in 2021. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, so, you know, there, there's that and, and, and you're right. I, I look, I think, look, I grew up in the Midwest, you know, I was always a founding member and owner of all my bands from the beginning, you know, um, and I put in the work. I mean, today I wake up here in Frankfurt, Germany, you know, um, hmm. I'm on a bit of a tour break from Dias. Um, but I wake up today, have breakfast and I get on, you know, Zoom calls all day with the, you know, the fine folks of Australia talking about <laughs> Kings of Thrash. And, you know, this is what I was doing when I was 12, 13 years old, trying to, you know, get my first band gigs you know, back in Jackson, Minnesota, you know, um, mm. it was always about the next gig, you know, and obviously the next gig coming up is heading to Australia for Kings of Thrash. So mm. we promote, we organize, we uh, practice, you know, I've always got a base not too far yeah. away, you know, cool. um, yeah. you know, Lovely. so, you know, I'm doing today at age 58, the same thing I was doing at, you know, in my younger years um, as a musician, as a band member, um, you know, to me, a band is a vehicle uh, that gets you around the world uh, to play your music. It's always more fun to do it with your friends. Uh, it's always more fun when they are your friends. <laughs> and, uh, Absolutely, I can um, concur. <laughs> yeah, right. Anybody who's been in a band for more than a minute knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and, you know, it, it's funny, like you, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, our heavy metal fans, and I say our meaning our collective community, you know, we're, we're fans, we're, many of us are also musicians, you know, we, whether we play as a hobby or part-time, or maybe some of us even play, you know, semi-professionally, you know, we're all fans of this stuff. And, um, you know, I think that I'm just doing today what I've always done. And and for, uh, you know, look, for, let's face it, 35 years or so, I did it inside of, of Megadeth. But I learned, you know, after having the first 20 years where there was a lot of on again, off again, canceled tours, rehabs, relapses, all the fucking bullshit that was very disruptive to all of our lives. Mm. And, you know, knowing that that, that was always lurking, you know, in 2022, when, when, or I'm sorry, in 2002, when, you know, the group was disbanded, not by hmm. my choice, or I had no say in it, it just happened. And, and then suddenly was put together again, two, two years later, with new terms and conditions. And, you know, that's when I was like, you know what, fuck this, I, I don't, I don't need this shit. This is, 
this is big boy adult time. You know, I was raising my family and that's when I, I went on to work for PV. I went to college. I got my degree. I raised my family, mm. you know, um, and you know, I had F five. I, I did other musical adventures during those years. I played with Ronnie Montrose. I played with Soulfly. I, you know, you know, I, I expanded my musical palette. Um, and yet, when it came time to go back to Megadeth in 2010, and I was only going to go back for a month, to be honest with you, because I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know oh, if wow. I okay. wanted to stay any longer. Yeah. You know, honestly, you know, Sean Drover. Sean Drover convinced me, he said, just come back for a month. We really need you for this month. You know, we're, we're fucked if you don't. I mean, hmm. you know, Dave's firing James Lomenzo and, you know, and, and, oh, shit, you know, really? which, yeah, yeah, well, and he didn't, he didn't deserve that either. You know, James is a good man and he's a professional and he's a great player. Well, yeah, that's how I ended up coming back is, you know, there was a rift there. So I ended up coming back and, and, you know, well, certainly like, it's like a story that's been peddled to the media. That's all. Yeah. I know. It's all look at well, with Dave Mustaine. I mean, he only recently came out. Did you hear his comments about bass players recently? I th actually, I think not from a while ago, but they've just resurfaced and made Blabbermouth or ultimate guitar or whatever it is. But he said something like the bass is only one step above the kazoo. You know, yeah. the guy is such a wanker that he can't give props, the necessary <laughs> props to the people that are left and right of him on stage. And, you as a co-contributor and co-conspirator in that. I mean, it's see, old fans like me, we don't stomach that shit. I mean, I'm a taxpayer no. and a mortgage holder and stuff, and I see through yeah. it. But the 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 creed they don't, you know what I mean? It frustrates me quite a bit, mate, on your behalf. Well, I look, I appreciate that. And I and I think I think for the most part, you know, the the world sees it for what it really is, you know, they really do. And, and I'm just, look, I'm certainly appreciative for the global community coming around me and supporting me now as I'm moving past that, you know, I'm not doing it with a bitter heart. I'm not out here with some ax to grind and some grudge to, to bury against somebody, you know, I just cut bait and moved on. You know what I mean? I just was like, you know, what? this is my chance where I'm finally free. Uh, I can do whatever I want now with the rest of my life. Um, I can do it on my terms and I can do it with my friends. And, and, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, look, my, my, my password speaks for itself. So I don't have to sit here and toot my own horn over it. You know what I mean? It, it just is what yeah. it is, you know? And, and I think, you know, look, everyone loves you when you're at the top, you know, it's sort of like, how do you handle yourself when the chips are down? And, and so I think, you know, luckily, um, you know, I've got good people around me, um, you know, to to sort of, you know, lift it up and keep it moving forward. And, and Jeff Young is one of those, you know, Jeff, Jeff, hey, here's Jeff is another guy who suffered some pretty shitty blows when he was let go out of the group. And some shitty things were said about him um, that, you know, I feel good in he and I working together. It, it at least for a minute gave him a platform to settle the score and say, hey, you know, here I am. I'm fine. You know, uh, that, that, that I was unfairly treated on the way out the door and to state it, be done with it, move on. You know what I mean? And then, and now he and I are making new music together. Um, we're, we're reliving and having fun with the past music that we did. I mean, I gotta be honest with you. I have a whole new appreciation for Jeff's playing. He and I, you know, we're back in those days, we would room up together, right? Two, two and right. two, right? So, and I spent a lot of time rooming with Jeff. We played guitar together a lot. I learned a lot from him as a musician because uh, he was an educated, uh, schooled musician from Musicians Institute. Very, he's as disciplined today in his practicing and his, 
and his craft on the guitar as he was 35 years ago when he was in Megadeth with me, you know? Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's fun to have a musical counterpart and musical companion, um, who helps me raise the bar on myself and what we're doing. And, and he's come in and he's learned not, he's learned Dave's parts, Chris Poland's parts he's, and, and, and to really study even so far so good to what, which I love that album. I mean, that was the first album that I had that I was a co-writer on some stuff. Mm. It's got a great punk rock attitude. You know, I saw Generation Sex the other day at Grass Pop and to see Steve Jones over there because Steve played on Anarchy in the UK. You know, he came in yeah. and played on that record. So to again, to see another longtime friend over there, you know, sober guy, hold it together, mm. you know, moved on from his past. And there he is playing with Paul Cook. You know, it's kind of like, you know, he's, we kind of learned the Sex Pistols story, you know. Um, there was a lot more going on there than we probably knew. And, you know, to, I've, I've watched those YouTube videos with Steve Jones going over and playing the key riffs. And I, he's, he goes to every song off the Nevermind the Bollocks record. I'm like, Jesus, mm -hmm. I never knew that's how he played that stuff. Like it, it's, it's got such character to it. And he, the, I was standing there with Phil Collins from Def Leppard and I was just saying, man, he's got this, you got to check it out because Phil's obviously a phenomenal guitar player. I said, man, there is a way about how Steve Jones plays those pistol songs that is so different than how any of us <laughs> play that it, it's, it's why those songs sound like they do, you know? And, mm. you know, the pistols were such an influence on me. Um, and, um, you know, so, you know, so far so good. So what has a lot of just really great significance. And, and ironically, the Def Leppard hysteria record came out while we were making yeah. that record. And our producer, Paul Lanny was a big fan of that Mutt Lang production and sort of mm -hmm. incorporated some, some new, you know, production ideas into the making of that record. It was, you know, it was, a, it was an adventurous time in, in, you know, in the recording, you know, industry. Um, so it was, you know, it was, it was really a, a pretty cool moment uh, to, to be a part of as, as a professional recording artist. I think that's, that album has the best songs from the band. Uh, not by far. I think a lot of them are they're adjacent, but so far, so good, so what? You know, uh, Mary Jane through to um, the Cliff Burton tribute, you know, these sort of songs like that. I mean, they're the high watermarks from a musical perspective, aren't they? And, and they're songs, obviously, that you're paying tribute to on this tour when you're coming to Australia because you've got Jeff in the group. Well, Jeff and I had reconnected in January 2022 um, when we were shooting the interview footage for the Nick Menza documentary that Jeff's now a part of. Mm. And, and through that, we started talking about some songs that we were working on together in 1988. So we went in the studio and developed. Oh, nice. We wrote some new, wrote some Beautiful. new materials. We've got some new stuff we're working on. And then um, Jeff hit me, he said, Hey, uh, there's an ultimate jam nights at the whiskey uh, in May. It was, it was coming up in like a week. And he said, you want to fly out and jump up and jam? some tunes you and me will blow people's minds will jump up as you know because everyone else is just kind of these tribute bands and they're great players and everything but it's a dude he said he goes dude you and me we are the guys we'll jump up and blow their Absolutely. minds <laughs> and Chaz leon was our singer and i knew Chaz from his band woke up dead that he has down in orange county go. it's his yep. yeah it's his, his mega the tribute band so i already knew him um so we jumped up and, and I said, dude, I'll do it, but we have to play Mary Jane. 
I said, that is the one song oh, that I God. just love. <laughs> and we've never played it. I mean, I think the, I literally think yep. the last time we played it was in 91 after we toured Australia for the first time. We went up to Japan and everything was like this two hour evening with. So we needed to add more songs to the set. I think Mary Jane was, I, I, at least what I see on, online, I think that was one of the last times we ever played that song. So to me, I'm with you. It, it's a it's a real finger twister. The riffs are great. Uh, the storyline, of course, is near to me because it's about Mary Jane Twilliger, which was uh, a folklore of a witch, you know, back in Jackson, Minnesota area where I where I grew up. So not about marijuana, um, as we all thought when we were kids. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it actually isn't. It's about this woman. Yeah, who, I know. Was very alive by kid, her father, yeah. I thought it was this homage to marijuana, dope smoking, and I was like. <laughs> Wow, these guys must be right into it. <laughs> we should have, because well, it could easily have been back in that day, trust me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cool. Hey, look, we, we, 2021 was obviously a, a – it was a – to say the buddy least, mate, it was clearly a very challenging year for you. But yeah. you've rebounded. Um, you're obviously very resilient. You've proven that anyway. But I had to ask, was there a moment where you thought, fuck it, I'm just going to focus on my family here and, you know, fuck all you idiots in the music industry that are just buying into all of this bullshit and maybe don't understand. Like you were, you were, I'll say you were a victim in that. And I'm just saying that to, because I'm talking. Yeah, to no, you, it, it was, it was, it was, yeah, that was just a case of just flat out lies and celebrity, you know, fucking internet shaming and just fucking mm. bullshit. Yeah. I mean, which is why I set out to, to settle that score and make sure that, that everybody knew. And, and look, the music industry wasn't really rough to me. They were very compassionate. And they were actually fine with me. It was obviously a handful of shitty trolls and shitty people on the internet, you know, who just can't help but jumping into a shit show. And, you know, it's like, those are the kind of people that like rubberneck on when you're driving down the freeway and someone's oh, God, yeah. in, a, in an accident, they can't wait to just jump in and go, what, what shit show can I, you know, I guess in the Bible, they used to be called the, the the what were they the the mourners right they they'd walk down the street wailing oh, wailing oh, paid mourners yeah. yeah 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 so this is not a new thing these type of people these people have been with us from the beginning and they're not my friends <laughs> I don't hang out with them uh, so you know they were the ones you know again it's only a, it's only a couple people who just tried to start a big fucking shit show and I I think honestly the industry. I think what the music industry realizes, holy shit, we're all part of social media. This could happen to any one of us at any given time. Absolutely. And I think that was a yeah. big wake up call. I don't know why the fuck I had to be the one used to be the poster boy for that. But the point. Yeah. Whatever, you know, let it look, let it be the cautionary tale that man, you know, and I told a lot of my friends, I said, man, these are not your friends in the internet, man. Be careful. And, 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 um, you know, take, take the precautions to protect yourself. And, you know, because again, it's we're always thought, oh, do more, post more, engage with your audience. It's like, fuck yeah. that and fuck you. It's like, because when the shit goes down, they are not there to help you. You know, Meta and Twitter and none of these places, they are not your friends. They are not there to help you at all. Um, so that's why, you know, I mean, look, I have a team of people that have to deal with all that stuff now. And I just, I make music, I travel around. I live in real time and real reality, you know? not some virtual reality. Um, you know, I love when my, when my phone says your screen time is down. I love that. Like to me, that's, <laughs> that's a beautiful yes. thing, you know, because that's, that's counterculture to that whole 
fucking internet world and it's you know and well we know look it's nice to go on amazon and have a package delivered to your house and you and me can sit here in opposite continents and do an interview so obviously there's there's can be a useful tool but you know as with any good thing there's fucking shitty people who who, who use it for wrong and use it for the you know so mm. i'm you know I'm, I'm i'm glad to have made it safely out of that you know world and out of that out of those waters and very thankful for my fans and friends and, and, and really pretty much everybody who, who really came to my aid to support and, and, and lift me up and, you know, and, and, you know, give me, you know, give me, give me another chance to just get back out and do what the other, the other reason I'm famous is because I play music. You know? <laughs> so that's, you no, know, I'm that's, hearing you. that's why yeah. I'm here, you know? I, I just didn't think it was anybody else's business, to be quite frank with you. And that, that was the point that I made through my podcast, which was that wh- whatever it is that you're going through, that's a very private matter that's been made extraordinarily public. And these fucking psychopaths and these trolls that enjoy getting off on people's misery, having a field yeah. day. The, the only thing yeah. that I knew on your behalf was that everything moves so quickly that within three months or so, it's not that it'll be ancient history, but by by and large, the eye of Sauron will have shifted off you that had been on you for a couple of months. And I remember saying that. I remember saying that I really hope that I really hope you're okay. I, I kind of knew you would be because you know you I know you're Lutheran, you're a pastor, and you're a Christian, and I knew you could fall back onto those values when the going got yeah. really, really tough, and you could sort of pull through that. But it's it's really cool to see that you come out the other side, and I'm sensing a lot of fire and energy in you these days. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you. I mean, listen, it's, you know, the whole reason you and I are even having this conversation is because some years ago, the good Lord said, David, here's a bass. <laughs> Start playing the bass. I mean, why yeah. would a kid in the cornfield of Minnesota pick up a bass of all, right, of all things, right? And, mm. you know, after hearing rock and roll on the radio, pick up a bass, start putting bands together, make my way to Hollywood. You know, I look back, you know, as we, as they say, life can only be lived forward, but, and, but it can only be understood in reverse. Right. So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, as I, as we all look back over our lives, we go, God, isn't it interesting how that worked out and how that worked out and man, then they intersected with this person and, you know, and it, it all makes sense in reverse because it's this mosaic that we have to live forward in blind faith um that that it's gonna and and with hope that it, it'll all it's it's gonna we're doing the right thing we're going the right places and we're 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 connecting in the right way so um you know it's um you know that that to me is just the journey and that's what music has done for me i mean i've been given the best history and geography lesson with the bass in my hand of you know getting <laughs> to go to australia and this month yeah. i'm you know going around europe with diet i mean you know, just the experience I've, I've had, the people I've met, just all of this stuff um, is just, it, it's remarkable. All just from, you know, the good Lord putting a bass in my hand, you know, and I think that's that's one of the things I realized is is I'm a connection person. You know, I like to be connected. I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay being alone. I'm perfectly fine alone in my own world. But, um, you know, no man is an island unto himself and we're not meant to be alone. We're meant to be connected with other people and, and connections mm-hmm. is what is what life is about, you know, because we're all, I love the avatar movie. We all come from that same tree, right? <laughs> the tree, the tree up to heaven, if you will. Right. So we all come from that. We're all just, you know, molecules from that. So we're meant to be together. And that's what, that's what music does, right? Music resonates with each other. The concerts being in the room together, 
we're sharing a common interest and, and, um, you know, that's, that to me, and even this interview, right. We're, we're communicating with each other, right. It's just absolutely it's, yeah. me over it's here. It's a conversation. Yeah. It's an exchange. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, yeah. And music, music is a conversation. It's just an exchange of music and words and feelings and emotions put forth through the energy of music. And that's all we're doing is we're just, we're communicating with it. And then when the, when the fans respond back with a cheer or a, a clap or a tear, you know, maybe something hits mm. them emotionally in a way that, that, that brings out oh, a, yeah. another emotion. These are all that, that's the response we get back to go, ma'am, we're, we're on the right path. We're doing the right thing here. You know, we're, we're, we're delivering the communication to each other. Something else though, I, I feel as though, just to add to the point I made a moment ago, you found your own voice. And what I mean by that is like, even just talking to you now, I feel like as though I'm getting the real, you know, not that I wasn't getting it before, but I'm getting, I understood you were representing an organization, <laughs> but now I just yeah. feel like I'm getting David Ellison. But the other thing, we hear you for the first time and you're singing. Now I'm a singing bass player and it was such a joy oh. to hear you. And what I can say to you is that your voice isn't that different to mine when I sing. You know, I use that sort of baritone, you know, because you sort of, right. I, I almost say I'm a singer that pretends to sing and that's how I sing. And <laughs> I'm not saying you did the same thing, but you know what I mean. As a singing bass player, it's counterintuitive. So is that the first time you've ever attempted to sing in a in a studio environment for the purposes of releasing releasing an album or, a, yes. sorry, a single? It is. First of all, thank you for that. And, you know, look, we're all singers, right? Whether we develop the skill of, singing we, we 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 at least speak right we were communicators right our voice is one of god's greatest gifts to us because um you know and like like the word says you know the tongue is like a rudder of a large ship it, it can it can either be used to build people up or it can be used to destroy and take people down and 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 so we you know we have to be mindful of, of, of the things this little tongue says you know but um you know to be given a voice to, um, you know, to sing and communicate, um, you know, look, I, I've, I've, my earliest bands, it's funny, you know, diet for instance is, is a three piece. And, and my first band, we were a three piece and I, me and the guitar player were the two singers. And I, I sang, I was an alto then, and then I hit puberty and I became a tenor. <laughs> and, uh, and then now in my older age, I'm, I'm definitely a baritone and I can hit some of the, I'm kind of a high baritone, I guess, you know, because I can still hit some of the lower yeah, center. Yeah. I'm, yeah, F, F sharp, G, depending on where my voice is at that particular day. Um, but, you know, um, I think the right friends, the right story, the right song, the right setting, the right tuning of the band, the right key, it, it all just lined up for me to finally be able to have a, have a song and a story that, that was right for me to sing. <laughs> and and you're right that wouldn't have happened if i was still in megadeth and mm. you know um you know uh when my departure from megadeth happened a lot of people were hitting me oh my god it's so terrible it's so terrible i was like yeah believe me it's not <laughs> it really isn't uh, you know mm. it, it's I, I was i was ready for it you know um and i didn't think it was going to go down that way but i didn't see that coming but you know the fact that it happened i was not sad about it um i was okay with it because i knew there's another journey ahead and that journey wasn't going to start until I was out of the old one. And, um, yeah, so you true. know, like you said, 
Yeah. You know, like you said, you know, when you're in a group, you're in a setting, there's sort of, you know, you got to play company man. You kind of go along with the, the narrative that's been set forth. And, you know, there was a lot of things, a lot of the narrative in that band that I never agreed with, you know, um, uh, you know, a lot of that band was started on a grudge and a hardship of the firing from Metallica. That was never my story. You know, I was always a Metallica fan and exactly. I became friends with yeah. those guys. And I, I, I have nothing but gratitude for that group and those gentlemen for what they've done for all of us, you know, and, and I, I think they deserve the biggest applause, you know? So it was hard to be in a band that always had this saltiness around, around, that whole narrative because it was never my narrative, you know? Um, and so you're, you're right. I, 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 I went along to get along, but now I don't have to do that. And now I can be on my own path and, and you're right. It's, you know, these are my words. It's my story now. Um, and you know, maybe, maybe, you know, through the events that happened a couple of years ago, I needed to have my own story to tell, you know, uh, in a way that, that it, it, it could be, because when you quit a band, everyone's pissed at you. They hate you. Oh, fuck you. You quit. You know, you quit my favorite band, you know. But yeah. when you get tossed out, well, you know, and I'm not looking for the sympathy card. You know, you don't have to feel sorry for me. You don't have to do any of that. But it's interesting that um, I guess the way it happened and, and it, it went down in a way that um, it was certainly visible enough, you know, and, and on a level that... Um, you know, it, it, it is, it's sort of like, okay, well, what's going to happen next, you know? And, and I just tried to be faithful to, um, to just following my heart, following the path. Um, and fortunately I had a lot of great musician friends who came along beside me, you know, look, we had the lucid record ready. Jeff Young, you know, came back oh, into my yeah. life, which now yeah. leads us to King's That I meant to tell you about that. I love a huge Sponge fan. It's rare in Australia, but you and Vinny make an awesome combo, man. Isn't it unbelievable, dude? I love Vinny, man, and I love Sponge yeah. too. I think they are such a cool band, and he is just such a great dude, a great rock star. I mean, I've never worked with a with an artist as who's clever in the way he's clever. I mean, he just mm. really has a. He's got a panache and a style about him, man, that is unequaled. Um, and um, so, yeah, I've, I've, you know, and then it was his idea to work with uh, Violet J from Insane Clown Posse, bring him. I mean, I would never have these. <laughs> That's right. I, I, feel, yeah. I feel like the last two years, I've lived 10 years. You know, I've like literally <laughs> I've lived a decade in the last two years of all the fun shit I've gotten to do and all the great new friends I've had. And I would have never had that if, if I was still in Megadeth, you know, and, and I, I feel like I've just been jettisoned so far forward into such a great new path and a great new journey with, with just great new friends that, I mean, for me, man, there's no looking back and, and I am just thrilled to, to be where I'm at now. I feel as though... Dave Mustaine has all of the talent in the world, but he's just never learnt not to be a jerk. Right from when he got kicked out of Metallica, even to when he did that Sedanga thing, and comments around about saying that members who replace members are the best ever members in the band, all this shit. No doubt, I don't know whether you're aware of these comments because I wouldn't expect you to read the press of these things because he's just he's just a human, you know, trombone in that regard. That he's he's, he's very short route between what he thinks and what he says but but for you as the bloke who was there beside him the entire time 
I don't know whether you've been asked this question before because I haven't seen it being asked or certainly you answer it, but uh, do you think he would have enjoyed the success that he has if you weren't there? From from the very beginning, I'm talking about a right-hand man who could calm him down or calm a situation down, like the situation in Ireland where he mentioned the IRA thing, that sort of thing. Do you think that without you being his right-hand man that he would have enjoyed the career that he had despite his obvious, very obvious talents, let's face it? I don't know that he ever even enjoyed his own success. <laughs> you know, um, you know. I watched that movie, The Art of Not Giving a Fuck, on an airplane trip <laughs> recently, and I oh, think yeah. that guy called it perfectly. I think he spent mm. so much time focusing on what he didn't have that he completely missed all the gifts that he did have. And so and that's mm. you know that's just me kind of piggybacking on what someone else said and. and and I know one thing, I, that band would have never happened had he and I not met that fateful day. And that is a fact. And everybody knows it. And Correct. that's not me tooting my own horn. Look, I wouldn't be here without him. He wouldn't be here without me. And that's the fact. And and that's me being grateful for him, to be honest with you. Despite despite the shitty things that came my way, you know, I'm I'm still thankful for him. I'm still thankful for our journey together. I'm thankful for what all what all we did. Cause the truth of it is, is we were just a channel, you know, the, the music and the songs and that journey and the gifts and the people and the managers and the record labels and all the great things that came our way. You know, why would I drive to California on a whim, you know, on a hunch I had at 16 that I followed through until I was 18. I moved there and I moved into an apartment. And he's living upstairs, right? And he's six weeks out of yeah. Metallica really down on his luck looking for what his next journey is. And I show up in town locked and loaded, ready to fucking rock. And, you know, we needed each other, you know, he, I needed what he had cause he, he had been on a journey that, and he knew how to get through the doors that I knew I was going to have to go through. And he needed, he needed a, a right-hand man and a Lieutenant and a soldier who was going to be fucking, you know, loyal to him, you know? So it, it, you know, the story is what the story is. And he and I didn't write that story. You know, that story was pre-written, you know? And I can say, I read the word and they talk about how our lives were already predestined before we were even born, you know? Already, good Lord Absolutely. already knew the number of hairs on our head. He knew all this stuff, right? So that journey was already, in, it was ours to have. We just had to show up and, and take the journey. And, you know, despite the hardships and the setbacks and the hurt feelings and everything else, you know, maybe that was part of that journey too, you know, that, uh, you know, maybe I didn't have to stay and suffer through all of it, but, but I did, I chose to, no one held a gun to my head. You know, I did it on my own. And, um, you know, I was, I think those experiences have made me all the wiser. Um, you know, wisdom is something you can only get from experience. You know, you can't mm -hmm. learn, you know, knowledge you can get from a book. Um, and some people are born intel more intelligent than others. Um, but I think one thing I have is I think I got a pretty good emotional intelligence you know and i think that's what was yeah. needed to run that camp yeah. more than anything was to have some emotional awareness and balance and, and um you know and i guess that's probably why i, I play music and I'm, in, I'm involved in the creative arts it's because of that emotional thing that and that's just a gift i mean i can't take any credit for it you know it's just or if anything my mom gets credit for it because she was pretty good <laughs> at that stuff, you know so uh you know um you know, so it's, uh, I just followed my path, man. Even though when some people said, what are you doing and why are you doing that? And I said, I don't know, man. I just, I need, I need to go through this. You know, I need to go through this to get to the other side. And, and you know, 
you can't go over it. You can't go around it. Sometimes you just got to go through it. Well, you, you've got an amazing resume, Dave. I mean, very few bassists have a resume that you've got in terms of the songwriting, the chops, playing in front of as many people as what you've got. I mean, for God's sakes, you play on Rust in Peace, which is one of the greatest albums ever written, regardless of the genre, let's face it. But but in, in saying that, I, I feel like as a <clears throat> present and the future are far more important for you. So what do you think, if you could cast your mind even further, I know you've got a lot of irons in the fire, but what do you hope happens? Well, you know, I'd like to think the best songs are still to come, right? Because they're sitting out there as energy in the spirit world, right? Mm, yes. Yep. You know, they're, they're, we don't come up with them. They're not our. They're not our original thought, right? <clears throat> they're inspiration that come to us as artists, as musicians. It's our It's our job to be ready to let that notion pass through us. And what we've been given is the sort of skill, the aptitudes to form this energy into let's call it a three minute song verse chorus verse chorus middle eight chorus out that that mm. makes sense to a listener that's all we have that's the gift we have we you know the 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 actual words and notes and all that stuff that's not of our that did not originate inside of us you know that just passed through us and i've seen it happen with many of the other people that i've worked with you know and um so to me, uh, whether we're, you know, going to Australia to play some fun songs from our past that we can, you know, old songs made new, if you will, um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> with a new spirit and a new heart of celebration, which is what we're doing. Or if it's, you know, the new song still up ahead that's ready to come into our lives that uh, we get to mold and shape and record um, you know, it took me a long time to realize that that's what the recording arts and sciences is, is about. You're recording a performance, you know, a performance, rest in peace, as you say. That was a moment. That was a performance that was recorded, and that recording lives forever. That performance is gone, right? That we did it once, we captured it, it's there forever. But we've now moved on from that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's the beauty and the fun and the arts and the respect that comes from recording is you are capturing that moment, um, to, you know, to, 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 it's just like a camera, right? There it is. That, Absolutely. that moment, yeah. that smile, that hair, eyebrow, teeth, shirt, whatever. <laughs> there it is, right? That, that was the moment then. And that moment is now gone. And but I have a I have a memory of it that I can go back and 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 it brings my heart back to it. Sometimes you can even smell the smell, you can feel the wind and yeah. whatever it was, right? And that's what we love about music, totally. right? When you go back and put rust and beast on, takes you back to being, I don't know what you were, fifteen or ten years old. I don't know how old you were. Oh, Twelve, years old, twelve, you know? I think I was at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, when I me with Kiss, 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 and then Kiss Destroyer. Back. It's that record. I listen to Kiss Destroyer. It takes me back to being twelve. I was innocent. I didn't know about all this stuff. I, to me, rock and roll was just the dream. I was just, I couldn't wait to get on the train and go experience it, you know, and it was, um, you know, totally. even when I, when oh, I see, the, when I see Kiss perform live, it's the same thing. I go, God, there they are, man. And I know them now. I know them as gentlemen and friends and in the flesh, but I still look at them and there's a part of me that I need that. I go, God, there they are. My superheroes, man, they're fucking, 
they're not even real, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's, it's in, in makeup in character. I'm just like, there it is. I remember it takes me back to when my mom took me to see him on, at age 13 on the rock and roll over tour. And there's a part of me, I intentionally transport myself back to that because, you know, I need that too. You know, as much as I do this as a living and I've, I've given that experience to other fans, I still need that inspiration, you know? And, and so it's, uh, you know, we've, we've all, we've all got our heroes and, it's important that we all remain fans. Yeah, I, I agree with that one there. Yeah. Be a fan first and foremost and a creator at the same time, if not secondary to that, and you'll never be too far wrong. And you're, you're a great, you encapsulate that so well. You've always been so, as I said, up top, you know, with me and nobody in Australia, you know, I mean, we reach out to our heroes, don't we? You know, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, I think I reached out to a bunch of them back then. You were literally the only one who responded. And uh, I was so thrilled. I remember getting that that email and just showing my then girlfriend saying, "Look, Dave, Dave Ellison responded to <laughs> You know, hey, listen, I got to jump onto another thing. Do you have maybe one more question to close or something? Or wrap oh, up? I'll just say, I'll just, I'll just end in gratitude, Dave. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Cool, and for continuing more to the point for doing what you're doing. I'll be in the crowd, mate. And made it if afterwards, yeah. mate, if the planets align and we can sort of chink beers or something like that, mate, that'd be great. But otherwise, thank you. Sounds good. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it, Andrew. Look forward to seeing you, man. Thanks, brother. All the best. Bye. Norris, catch Bye. you. Bye. Well, there you have it. Told you it was a good one up top. David Ellison, formerly of Megadeth, these days in Kings of Thrash, touring Australia rather soon. Hopefully, I do get to catch up with him and Chinky's Glass for all of that great work that he's done over the years. And Jeff Young, too, actually. It'd be cool to catch up with Jeff. I've thought about reaching out to Jeff. Um, I think some of his political views and social his views and social issues align with mine so i'm sure we'd have a ripper of a conversation now if you like that one uh there are conversations that are just like it over at scarsandguitars.com and whilst you're there if you like listening to my podcast maybe you like reading the book about the podcast scars and guitars volume one conversations from the world of heavy metal and beyond click that link in the banner and you'll be taken to a marketplace of your choice you know the rest if you do complete a purchase after downloading a sample please hit me up because i want to thank you personally on that note there's some more information to share with you about the book but before we get to that i'll bid you a fond farewell my name is andrew mckay smith and i'm the host of the scars and guitars podcast series until next time stay safe and it's a very goodbye for now this is eric rattan of cannibal corpse you are listening to the scars and guitars podcast with andrew mckay smith I've been the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast since 2017. The first musician I interviewed for the show was David Vincent from Morbid Angel, and things have just snowballed from there. In all, I've posted almost 650 podcast episodes featuring conversations with many of the leading lights of rock, heavy metal, and beyond. It just got to a point where I thought, I need to write a book about all this, so that's exactly what I did. In Scars and Guitars Volume 1, you'll read a heap of deep reveals and commentary, such as Des Fafara talking about Cold Chamber and why the band will never return. You know, if you're a, a band just starting out, you need to hear me. Do not start a band with partners. Ever. Yeah, wise words there. Sage advice, mate, for anybody. Don't ever, because I, I can't go do Cold Chamber right now unless I get others involved. Phil Anselmo talks about the episode in his career, which gives him the greatest sense of accomplishment. I think the staying power of the, the fans and the staying power of the I, 
of the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down, or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs. Alex Skolnick from Testament confirms that, yes, playing the guitar in Ozzy's band is anything but an ordinary gig. Will Silent Oz from Demu Borgir write a book? Pa from Sabaton gives advice to people who want to start a band. Look at the team around you, look at the bandmates. If, uh, if the guys want to be on the stage, then it's all cool. If the guys want to be backstage, then it's not going to be cool. Current and former members of Cradle of Filth discuss the band's seminal 90s material. Read about the reaction to George Lynch and Mark from Suicide Silence's comments when they throw shade at then-President Donald Trump. We have this idiotic monster, you know, this egotistical, self-aggrandizing, complete piece of shit in there. I, 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 just, I just can't understand how we've gotten to this place. And yeah, we kicked a hornet's nest with Sepultura. Percussive overlord Gene Hoagland talks about recording with Chuck Schuldiner. Chuck was always, um, you know, he was, he was very, you know, very open-minded, and and he was into having his his musicians that were playing with him just reach out for for the best stuff that they had. Phil Campbell from Motorhead discusses what it takes to get sober. John Five answers his critics who dismiss his tenure with Marilyn Manson. You know, my name is John Five, and Manson gave me that name, and um, I had some of the best years of my life in that band and, and learned a lot. And we get the lowdown on Trey Zagtoth from those who would know, including his mother. All across Scars and Guitars Volume 1, there are moments of tension, relief, tragedy, exhilaration, and throughout it all, you'll obtain insight that I believe no one else has managed to obtain from many of your favourite artists. So treat yourself. Scars and Guitars Volume 1 is currently available as an ebook with a print edition on the horizon. Follow the links attached and download a sample. I'm sure you'll be compelled to read the whole book.